This is Steve Thompson, and today we'll be reading the rest of Exodus chapter 4, starting at verse 18. So Moses went back home to Jethro, his father-in-law. Please let me return to my relatives in Egypt, Moses said. I don't even know if they're still alive. Go in peace, Jethro replied. Before Moses left Midian, the Lord said to him, Return to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you have died. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and headed back to the land of Egypt. In his hand he carried the staff of God. And the Lord told Moses, When you arrive back in Egypt, go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to do. But I will harden his heart, so he will refuse to let the people go. Then you will tell him, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you, let my son go so he can worship me. But since you have refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. On the way to Egypt, at a place where Moses and his family had stopped for the night, the Lord confronted him and was about to kill him. But Moses' wife, Zipporah, took a flint knife and circumcised her son. She touched his feet with the foreskin and said, Now you are a bridegroom of blood to me. When she said, A bridegroom of blood, she was referring to the circumcision. After that, the Lord left him alone. Now the Lord had said to Aaron, Go out into the wilderness to meet Moses. So Aaron went and met Moses at the mountain of God, and he embraced him. Moses then told Aaron everything the Lord had commanded him to say, and he told him about the miraculous signs the Lord had commanded him to perform. Then Moses and Aaron returned to Egypt and called all the elders of Israel together. Aaron told them everything the Lord had told Moses, and Moses performed the miraculous signs as they watched. Then the people of Israel were convinced that the Lord had sent Moses and Aaron. When they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. I can't tell you how many questions this little passage brings to my mind as I'm reading. So I just need to say this. If you're like me, you may find yourself reading through the Bible devotionally. You're trying to listen to God's still, small voice for you for the day. But the only thoughts going through your mind are, what? Why in the world? What is going on here? And I think this is a fairly universal response when we're reading an ancient writing to an ancient people with a completely different culture and worldview than our own. So you're in good company. Don't think you're alone, even for a minute. Here are just a few of the questions that ran through my mind as we read through this passage. Did Moses really have to ask his father-in-law if he could leave? Did he really put his entire family on one donkey? That must have looked comical. Like, I hope they didn't pack too much. God said he'd harden Pharaoh's heart so that he would refuse to let the Hebrews go. So, does that mean he does this with everyone and everything is determined ahead of time? Like, 
free will is just an illusion that we don't really have, then things just turn plain uncomfortable and, un and confusing with all the talk of foreskins and circumcision and blood and killing. So lots of questions in that little section. But then the questions fade into the background as the section wraps up with a heartwarming thought of Aaron and Moses, two long-lost brothers reuniting after all these years, followed by the Hebrew people believing Aaron and Moses, and then worshiping God for finally hearing and answering their prayers. So I'm going to leave all of those questions alone. And trust me, I know I'm equally frustrated. I want to go and I want to find the answers to all of those right now. But instead, I write them down to go and look at later, or I just write it and maybe God will answer these questions for me later. And then I take a deep breath and I ask the Holy Spirit to speak. And that's when my eyes settle back on this really cool picture in the middle of this passage. Verses 22 and 23 say, Then you will tell him, This is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you, let my son go so he can worship me. But since you've refused, I will now kill your firstborn son. Israel, my firstborn son, let my son go. Did you ever see the Mel Gibson movie? Uh, Ransom was the title of it. I don't know if it's a great movie, but the line that he screams on there when his son is uh, stolen from him, give me back my son, is what he yells into the telephone. And that's what I heard God saying here. And it just reveals to me again the heart of a father that is compelling this entire story that's driving everything that's going on. This isn't some ancient wrathful God. This is a dad who's fed up with what's happening to his kids. Here's the deal, and I, I'm sure all of you parents can totally relate to this. You love each of your kids deeply and dearly, but you also know all their weaknesses, their character flaws, and when they get out of line, especially when they flagrantly disobey, it's like obvious, then you allow natural consequences to kick in. Or you specifically give consequences. You discipline. Not because you're unloving or uncaring or absent or ambivalent, but because you care. And on the other hand, if someone does something to your kids, if your son or daughter is being bullied or mistreated, it's game on. You get angry, and rightly so. Someone is unjustly messing with your kids. We get to catch a glimpse of God's father heart that drives him in his actions and emotions. You're messing with my dearly loved firstborn kid here. I've had enough, and you're refusing to do anything to change it. This will not end well for you. So for me, it's just so humbling and good for my heart to hear God feel this way about his kids, about me specifically, 
in spite of all my flaws and weaknesses. Have you ever experienced that? Did you know your dad in heaven loves you fiercely? Have you experienced his jealous desire to be with you? I think some of us maybe just need to sit in that today, to experience that again today, to hear those words spoken over us today. As for me, I think in a minute I'm going to sign off and just listen to the song How He Loves on YouTube. The lyrics go like this. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree. Bending beneath the weight of his wind and mercy. When all of the sudden I'm unaware of these afflictions. Eclipsed by glory. And I realize how beautiful you are. And how great your affections for me. Oh, how he loves us so. Oh, how he loves us so. How he loves us so much. Father, thank you. Thank you for treating us like kids. (laughs) For loving us fiercely, jealously, like we're your own kids. God, if there's anyone today who's feeling unloved or abandoned or like no one would come to their rescue or fight for them, Father, I pray that that would settle in our hearts. You would. You do. You are the God who goes before us and comes behind. You are the God of angel armies who fights for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.